make you feel. Giving a child his freedom. Felt good. You have been at this for 12 years. My country tis of thee. Why are you doing it? Because God's children are not for sale. Charlie Delta, we are go for Xfil. <laughs> We're in. As soon as they upload the podcast, then they're they're ensnared in Operation Honeypot. Um, wait, hold on a second. Be, hold on, just we get some quiet for a second. I just want to hold on. Just just listen. Do you hear that? No, that's right. It's the sound of freedom. You're, well, you're not hearing it because because you're not, not free. free. Can we talk not, about the free. title? Like I before I knew this was like you know a movie about buying and selling kids i um i thought this was like you know one of those movies about deaf people that really gets the community <laughs> up in like up last in year's oscar winner coda everyone loves coda right everyone oh, or the sound coda of metal every other month can't get enough of coda yeah everyone's talking about coda but no i thought it was like you know, I going to like maybe be a movie that's like against cochlear implants. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, documentary. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll steer, steer clear of this one. Not my business, <laughs> but lo and behold, it's all about children, children, arbitrage opportunities. And you know how you can get a deal flipping children. <laughs> <laughs> you can quit your job by flipping kids. They do he does quit his job they, to flip kids. Yeah, he's yeah he he gets some fixer uppers from Mexico. <laughs> they do way too good a job of showing you step by step how you there is big money in child trafficking, <laughs> and it's not that hard to do apparently. It's it's the fastest growing criminal enterprise. As soon as it's going to take over the global folks, drug it's trade. the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. <laughs> what if I told you you could get on the bottom floor of the fastest growing criminal organization in the world? The growth see, possibilities okay. are endless i see a lot i see a lot of people out there in the audience tonight uh at, at the seminar you're thinking why, why sell a child when i can sell heroin because you only sell heroin once <laughs> that, that was as, a, as oh, jim caviezel yeah. explains in this movie i love that but like you also don't have to feed heroin you know <laughs> yeah. you don't have to keep a roof over heroin's head and like make sure it doesn't run away i love that when he's like making that stupid point and he goes um cocaine you only sell it once but the most precious beautiful child in the world <laughs> you could sell them 10 to 15 times yeah, a day yeah and here's the thing though um you never just sell cocaine or heroin once yeah i gotta do that again i thought that was gonna take care of it i thought i exchanged you one brick of cocaine uh, for the scarface house and i just yeah. chill there forever and do rap videos now what that's what i was told all right. Well, um, it's 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 Monday, July tenth, and we're back with another episode, another a new, a new edition of We Watched It, so you don't have to. And in case Please you haven't don't. figured it out, if you, in case you haven't figured it out already, we're talking about the sleeper indie hit, taking America by storm. It's the uh, the a call to arms. 
to dismantle the global child trafficking uh, uh, sex slavery rings. Uh, that's the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. We're talking The Sound of Freedom, starring The Passion of the Christ himself, Jim Caviezel. This America's movie, most famous romance. That's right. This movie. He's a fucking Swiss. Get him out of here. Oh, God. Ew, uh, that's what he is? Uh, yes, he's fucking romance. Oh, I just assumed he was New Zealish or something. No, I, I I thought that being Maltese was the like most annoying thing you could be as a white person, but he topped it. No, I'm not like German uh, Swiss or French Swiss. I'm the one with the the blend of all of them. I'm the magical sprite. I'm basically well, Heidi. I'll just say like before we get into the film itself, I I I think we do have to give due credit to this genuine independent movie this movie is funded by uh, a mormon movie studio and when it opened it came about one million dollars away from knocking off indiana jones and the dial of destiny and when remember it, this is a movie that was shot like five years ago yeah it was filmed in 2018. 2018 and that just sat on shat on the shat it shat on the self because no studio wanted to touch it it was too hot they didn't want to rile up the hoople heads so these Mormons showed up with a dream and a vision and they put it out on the streets and the fucking streets are going crazy for it. And like, look, streets listener, please believe me, this pack, uh, please believe me. This is a movie that would win every Academy Award were Hollywood not controlled by pedophiles or people yes. who have seen a movie before. Yes, And, you know, like, I, I know you've probably seen headlines about this movie. They're like, this is the QAnon style movie that's taking America by storm. Listener, the movie would have been a billion times better if I were the wish case. it was QAnon. It was, yeah. I was yeah. begging for someone to mention <laughs> adrenochrome, show me some Hollywood sickos, a uh, like a zip tie on a suburban mall, uh, like uh, SUV handle, something, nothing in here. This movie was incredibly dull. Yeah, this movie, the style of the movie is like Mitchell. That's <laughs> yeah. the genre of movie it is. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like it's so it's exactly classic. it's exactly as like muddled and like boring and slack. Like sort of it is all slack. There's yeah, no tension between. Anything. There's not a single moment. I mean, this is a movie about like you I said, slack line about between the scenes <laughs> in this fucking movie. <laughs> there's a movie about buying and selling children. Yeah, it's and like there's there's not a single moment of, of tension or or fear or emotion or anything. It is the flattest movie. It's too bad too because it looks like a movie, which is you cannot That's say true. about all these things. A lot of these things look like VHS snuff films. Uh, this movie has like decent cinematography it's got like rich backgrounds it's got you know thoughtful lighting and it looks it has like a cinematic feel to the image so that's why it's so frustrating that they spend 90 percent of the runtime with a static shot of a guy morosely walking towards a desk before sitting down and staring out a window <laughs> yeah and saying they're it, god's children it has like the reliant i think it's like the greatest example of a christian movie that like you know, it looks like, uh, you know, a direct to VH. It looks like it was filmed on a home camcorder. It looks like it was filmed in his backyard. And the content matches, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, is that the guy or the other guy? That's yeah. the style of film it is. But this is like, it's more jarring here because, yeah, this could be, this could be like, you know, the Amazon Jack Ryan show. But it just, it's constant. Just the viewer is left to wonder, is this the guy? Is that the guy? Is that the other guy? And in between that, all the scenes that aren't Jim Caviezel saving a beautiful, precious child from being uh, sold is him in an office 
Yeah. And like uh, a fellow agent being like, you know what the hardest part about being an anti-pedophile agent is? By the time we get the kids, they're already molested. They got all the molestation all over them. That is, that's like a crucial plot point is that one of the agents is like, you know what I realized? The kid, we never prevent kids from being molested. We only save them after they're molested. What if we, we could, only arrest what, the what sickos? If we, what if we got them while they're molesting them or before even? And Jim Caviezel's like, I never thought about that. <laughs> and that just sort of kicks everything into action. Uh, the, the the this is a the, the movie is uh, written and directed by a guy named Alejandro Monteverde, and uh, he like he like he had another movie that he wrote and directed that won some audience award at the Toronto Film Festival. So it's like like you said, Matt, like it has like it has the look of something that could potentially be a movie or at least an Amazon TV series. But before I get into the content of the film itself, which is dull as dishwater boring I, I would just it was so boring i would just like to say that like formally like despite looking cinematic or like looking like uh like it was shot with like a modicum of competency formally in terms of the editing and the pacing it was oh, so strange because oh. i feel like especially in the first third of the movie there was like not a single character moment or scene that was ever allowed to develop yeah. it's just like one guy would say something to Jim Caviezel who then would look haunted. And then before like a dialogue or any plot momentum could develop, it just cuts. It, it seems like the movie was made for people who are very familiar with the story of uh, Timothy Ballard, the Mormon slave stealer who now has an empire, uh, like, like an, anti, an anti-child trafficking empire called Our, which yeah. stands for Operation Underground Railroad. And we can talk about some of the uh, Yahoo uh, shenanigans that they've got up to, but like the focus on the movie itself. Yeah, you're right. Just it, like this movie treats him like a celebrity that we all know, and we're yeah. supposed to fill in the blanks. It, yeah, it's like uh, the Johnny Cash biopic in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the the pacing generally being off is like it's in the last forty percent of the movie. I would say I kept thinking the movie was ending on whatever <laughs> scene I was watching. <laughs> It's so fucking off. Like every, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a product of like how long it sat on the shelf or like what, but it just, or if that was like wishful thinking, but it just always felt like it was, it was about to end for the remaining like hour. Harry Potter or no, uh, Lord of the Rings syndrome. Yeah. The other yeah. one, same thing, same deal. Elves, wizards, same thing. The other thing that makes this movie weird is that you're watching it and all these classic fucking uh, show ho- uh, show horse character actors show up. Like, Kurt oh, there's Fuller. Bill Camp. There's Kurt Fuller. There's the fat guy from Southland. This feels like it should be a movie, and yet it isn't. Oscar-winning actress Mira Sorvino is in this movie for four all lines. of 20 seconds. She has four lines. I counted them. She also has two additional lines, but I don't count those because they're texts that she sends him. <laughs> and so you don't actually hear her say them. So four lines spoken. How do you think they managed it? Do you think they were like, we're going to tell everyone that your dad, Paul Servino, was actually <laughs> secretly executed for eating children unless you uh, play act in our movie for two minutes? She was like, OK, fine. Oh, man. And then, of course, it's stars, you know, it stars Jim Caviezel. Who has like a, has the oddest like frosted dye job in this movie? Like his his <laughs> hair in this movie McGrath is insane. Look. Yeah. Yeah, like and imagine you, imagine being a child and being rescued by a man with like 
I wouldn't even call them frosted tips. It's like frosted brisket. <laughs> he's got <laughs> just he's long just got frosting on frost. his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's lacquered. Yeah, yeah. And he's portraying this uh, this real life guy who was actually, I think, appointed. He testified before Congress, and he was appointed to the Trump administration in some ceremonial role where he he like promoted building a wall on the border to to stop all the uh, the kids from being trafficked over it. I suppose. But I mean, like this Operation Underground Railroad is basically like as it's depicted in the movie and and the, and the credit sequence like shows real footage of like one of these stings that they set up. It's basically like an international version of To Catch a Predator and like those perverted justice people because they combat um, the, the child sex trafficking in like Central and South America by sending people to these countries and just asking people, hey, can I buy a child? So like they sort of like create a demand for a uh, child. Yeah, none of the, these people just don't get that part of it. Like Christians love to do this during the Darfur War in Africa and South the, the the Sudanese War. They would fucking uh, create these orgs that would go and buy slaves in Sudan. And it's like you're just creating a market for slaves. It's, you're, you're guaranteeing <laughs> that there's more of a reason to just grab someone because there's more people who will pay for them. Uh, and like uh, they were involved in, in in some case where they like employed the use of a psychic. Um, they've claimed credit for all kinds of rescued children, of which they had nothing. I mean, like, look, I I think that this organization does does like look. I I believe that they go to these countries and do these ridiculous stings or whatever. But they they certainly there's a great deal of exaggeration in both like uh, the way he's portrayed in this movie and in their actual like highly dubious rescue work which involves literally like to stop child sex traffickers you have to become a child sex trafficker and the line between the two is <laughs> sort of hard to tell at many points in this movie yeah the reason that i just i i didn't really look too deeply into it i know that there's controversy on all of their claims but the thing that makes me just prima facie disbelieve them is that this guy in his public uh embodiment and in caviezel form he what he radiates is Chris Kyle, who's too big of a pussy to kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what it is? You know what it is? Is like, think of anyone who like, maybe even like did rescue some children, right? Let's say like they rescued five children and they were really were like this altruistic person who like gave up everything to do this. Do you think they would, if like crazy people started calling him this hypothetical guy, like, the divine savior of children, a living yeah. angel who rescues children and make keeps them perfect forever. They wouldn't just accept that, you know. They wouldn't go like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm I'm just doing my job," you know. I, I'm not a hero. But this guy just accepts all of that. He's he's similar to Chris Kyle. He's sort of taken on this role and accepted the the branding and is like, "Yeah, I'm actually Archangel Angel Michael." <laughs> I'm immortal and I, I was sent to earth to save children, which just like, it tells me he's like sort of full of shit. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't want to, he's got the Eric Adams thing. He's got to one up himself. It's never good enough. And I mean, like, look, I, I have a little bit of a, uh, information like this is uh, from uh, Anna Merlin advice has been writing about this organization for a while. And I just want to read a little, a, a little bit from just give some, give some context for this movie. It says here, um, according to a source with knowledge of the investigation, among the matters being looked into are whether our operators, that's Operation Underground Railroad, 
have engaged in sexual acts with human trafficking victims, whether operators have been intoxicated while on missions, whether our operations have created a demand for trafficking victims, and whether our has committed human trafficking itself by enticing people who are not previously traffickers with large sums of money. They also, okay, I'm just going to go jump ahead here. Like, so like, keep that in mind. But uh, to your point about whether you were like someone who was actually like truly de- like, you know, sort of devoting their life to be like a Harriet Tubman for like modern modern day slavery. Would they also have an underground XFIT LLC CrossFit gym, a for profit <laughs> subsidiary of the Underground Railroad organization? It's just and- I don't think that Harriet Tubman <laughs> would do that. Yeah. Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman would not sell like her own pre-workout she had know? her eye on the ball <laughs> is the thing. i don't think she would do that she I just, was like she was locked in harriet yeah harriet tubman wouldn't show up on like a promoted instagram ad and be like buy my pre-workout and by the way if you have a roku stick you can watch this uh movie i made about how cool i am <laughs> that's i just even if she lived today i don't think she's doing yeah, that i just uh, i just want to get a little a few more details about this organization and just like once again try to imagine harriet tubman um in this role uh ballard himself meanwhile who wrote a book called slave stealers and is listed as an executive <laughs> producer <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a Ballard who wrote a book called Slave Stealers and is listed as an executive producer of a planned TV show with the same name is connected to a Utah-based business called Slave Stealers LLC. <laughs> <laughs> Do they incorporate that into the CrossFit program? Like they make, they so. make you they they make you pick up like an eighty an eighty pound like heavy bag and they're like this is the weight of a really overweight child. <laughs> Can you steal him away from Fark? <laughs> okay. Yeah, actually, the, the 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 end of this movie really makes it seem like it's the uh, the Fark uh, Colombian rebels that are a big, big, hugely involved in the uh, the, the child trade. Yeah, move over um, to Catholic also, Church. No Epstein. Yeah. No, it's the fucking Fark who are doing all the child trafficking. And also, like if, you, uh, if you didn't already like pick up that there's something funny about this the fark thing should completely tip yeah. you off oh that's really convenient <laughs> it's it's fark wow it's like in uh bad boys 2 when uh the bat the villain kidnaps uh will smith's sister or girlfriend or whatever to cuba and then they got to go get her back and they're like shit, it's, it's swallowing through the favelas destroying uh like meth labs and shit so yeah, uh, so this movie is a it's a genuine indie hit. It's the it's a product of uh, well, <laughs> slave stealing productions. I I don't know how to say because a lot of people are saying that they have like gotten tickets to what were shown as full theaters. They go in and there's nobody there. There yeah, is this a is thing like, that I, I have seen where the in, the company is doing pay it forward tickets. So like someone else is paying it forward for you to see this movie. Click on this button to go get tickets, which. There is some sort of, uh, you know, dirty money flowing into this thing to make it look bigger than it necessarily well, well, like, is. Uh, well, well, hold on. Like, don't you think it's possible that like there were like people did buy tickets, but like before they got to the movie, they were kidnapped and sold. <laughs> That's true. Well, okay. That's two true. things. Very two possible. Things. They moved the cart that was by the back of their car and then whoop, they're gone. Yeah. Touch the cart. You, okay. They're like evil Latinos who have contacts within AMC theaters and no. <laughs> <laughs> that they're going to see this movie. Well, okay. 
Um, I, I think it's I think it's highly likely that like there's a certain MLM quality to the movie sales, mm-hmm, uh, the yeah. ticket sales for this movie. It's like how every every like conservative talk radio or TV guy who writes a book it gets on the New York Times bestseller because like conservative publishing houses work with these like contractors that do bulk purchases of books that are never sold they're just given out as like swag bags at like the you know council on foreign relations dinner or whatever um so i think the, the great deal a lot of that's going on with this movie did you see however the video of that woman who was thinks that like people are trying to stop people from seeing this movie because the ac at a theater she went to was broken some point today the tickets got refunded to my friend and we couldn't figure out why so we come anyway to the theater after dinner and they're like, oh, well, we refunded all the tickets because there's no air conditioning in our theaters. There was air conditioning in the lobby. There was air conditioning in the hallways. There was air conditioning in the bathrooms, not the theaters. They don't have the bartender or anything in the theater. I smell something stinky, and I think it's shit. Yeah, they were making it too uh, too hot. They shut it down, but, but the lobby... The lobby is hot, cold, but it's like, yeah, they use one pipe for the entire thing. You fucking dullard. <laughs> I-, I will say this. I did. I saw this in the theater and it was full. There were heads. It was, in fact, a full seat. I was in the second row. That's like that was where the tickets were. I was wondering, hey, are these people actually going to show up? And they were there. And I will tell you this. Not one of them clapped or honked like a goose during the Nicole Kidman glory of movies amc thing and i gotta say i was very very glad i i, I can't <laughs> say the good. same for asteroid city those fucking annoying douchebags um i gotta say like yeah this is a different obviously like different clientele base than like the soy uh letterboxed crowd who they think they're the only person who thinks that nicole kidman ad is quirky and funny mm-hmm. um but i i gotta say i I watched that video of those evil milfs uh, screaming about the AC. <laughs> and I just thought I had a flashback to when I was in my early twenties working at a bar patronized by such evil milfs. And I really think <laughs> if I was in a situation, if I was 23 now and like a QAnon milf screamed at me, uh, like oh as a service employee, cause she thought oh. I was like, you know, uh, tampering with you the would AC. kill for her. If she, yeah, if one of those she women, MK alter you. Yeah, if one of those women came up to me and was like, "I know what you did to the AC." George Soros, uh, David Rockefeller paid you to fuck with the AC, so we wouldn't see the the child selling movie. I would get so hard that I would have to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the only thing. It wasn't just that the uh, in some places the AMC was out, but. Someone replied to this with the, this is just killed me when I saw this. This guy Alex Junikovic, uh, Jun- some sort of uh, uh, Slav, I'm gonna guess Croatian, said, "I had the reverse scenario. I nearly froze. They turned up the air conditioning so much in Regal that it was unbearable. But I refused to move slash leave the theater. I'll likely get sick, but I felt a sense of duty to not leave the theater and felt it was inappropriate <laughs> to complain considering the content of the movie." Thank you for your service, sir. I love the idea. I love imagining just like in my mind, it's they're in the control room. It's obviously an evil Jewish guy. The cold Meister is there. Yeah. The, the evil Jewish guy, cold Meister, and then like three MS 13 guys with teardrop tattoos <laughs> who are played by the guys from training day. And, and the evil Jew is like, make it colder. Why is it? Why aren't they leaving? Don't they know they're going to get sick? 
and the the, the MS thirteen the MS thirteen guys are like, I don't know. They're just they're going to watch it no matter what we do. They're going to get us. <laughs> It's like if they're going through that level of sabotage, why wouldn't they just like not show the movie? Uh, I will say this. Well, it was cold. It was very cold in the theater. But I also stuck it out for because I felt I owed it to the show and to the listeners. Well, uh, well, listener, I, I, I will cop to the I'm also a hero I, like that guy. I, I look like it. I did not see this movie in the theater, but like, let, let me let me just give you some background here. Um, at the end of this movie, there's like there's like a post credit sequence where Jim Caviezel implores you, the viewer, to just like pay it forward and buy just buy out theaters and just send people your church group, you know, your friends, your family, just send them to see this very important movie. And I took that message to heart. Um, so I've been torrenting this movie from the same Indonesian gambling website that Felix watched The Flash on. So that's why that's, that's why I watched this movie, which I think added to the experience. I, I didn't. But look, Matt. Whether it's all, uh, you know, they're playing a little fast and loose with the numbers, everyone does today. And the point is, this was still $1 million away from that Indiana Jones movie, right? An Indiana, an Indiana Jones movie. He's nearly so got old. Beaten. Why do they keep making him do this? It's just cruel. <laughs> nearly got beaten by Child Flippers, starring Jim Caviezel. They got to leave Harrison Ford to die. Let him turn into a, a, a weed. Let him turn into marijuana and then blow away. He's miserable. Um, I will say <laughs> I like Will. I watched this uh, torrented and same advertisement uh, for the slot website as The Flash. I think it's the same guy getting cams of all these movies. But doesn't watching a shitty cam of this make you more like that's like how you would watch this if you were being trafficked. Yeah, it, it added to the realism. And just a, just a one one last thing about the um, the, the ticket numbers for this movie. Um, since this movie has come out, uh, we have had um, a <laughs> uh, someone from the attorney general's office of Alaska uh, bought tickets for everyone in their office to see this movie. And Dana White of the USC has just announced that he has bought tickets for every employee of UFC to uh, go and see this important new movie. And look, that's how you know a movie has the momentum of a runaway freight train when people's annoying bosses are buying out theaters to make you go see it. <laughs> I will say that I'm glad I saw it in the theater because I got a real uh, confirmation of a political trend that's ongoing. The people who went and filled that theater and who clapped at the end were demographically not the Republican base, but the Trump base. It was older whites and younger Latin families. That was it. And it's like you look at that and you're like, that is the those are the people who are Republican because they make good stuff to watch. You know, the people who are engaged with like the psychic world being built by Trump and like his backwash. And, and child trafficking is key to the whole thing that brings it together. Well, Matt, you, you bring up a lot of the, the young um, Latino families seeing this movie. And I think another interesting thing about this, uh, you know, this sort of independent success of this movie is for a movie in America, where like basically half of the dialogue in this movie. And there's probably about 20 pages of actual dialogue in this two hour movie. But half of it is in Spanish. Like mm -hmm. half of all of Jim Caviezel's lines are in a foreign language, which I thought was interesting. So. We, we've sort of given you the, the, the background here, uh, the sound of freedom. Um, but let, let's talk about the film itself. Um, the movie begins with a portrait 
of a man winning father of the year in Honduras after he cans his children over to audition for a talent show. And then they're put in a shipping container. I don't do that. Whiffed on that one, Dad. (laughs) Yeah. Someone is winning the bad dad contest. (laughs) That is just like, how do you fall for that? Hey, like, first of all, it shouldn't get past, hey, I noticed your kids are hot. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. That it shouldn't get past that. But even if it does, hey, uh, your kids are hot. I want them to be in a beauty pageant. Um, But in order to do that, they have to live with me. How the fuck, how do you, how, how are you just like, okay. Oh, well, now see, it's, it's, it's simple. You just, you, you say, dad, bring the kids to the audition place. And then when they shows up in the morning, you tell them, no, dads can't be here. Come back seven o'clock tonight. And then they go and do that and they leave. And then when they come back, they're gone. It seems like that's the kind of thing you could do literally once in a town. So yeah. I don't think they really established this was the first time they'd ever done that because that I would imagine that would get around. They they were previously doing it to people who like didn't like their kids. <laughs> <laughs> they they like that happens to them. Then four years later, they're like, oh wait, we had a daughter. Yeah, they, oh, fuck, they didn't bother she? like printing out slips. They are the fake brochures. They just would like see somebody being anno- like clearly annoyed by their kid in public and be like, you want us to take them off their hand your hands? And like, Fine. <laughs> you, have you ever thought your kid had talent? <laughs> no well we do um and, and then like in the the, the the credit sequence is like uh sort of cobbled together like cctv footage of kids being just like brazenly scooped off the streets of um not american countries i love that um, part because it really does like it gives you the experience of like viewing this question of you know child trafficking or whatever totally through the lens of a social media feed just disconnected yeah. videos that are scary and upsetting. And you don't know who are they from. You don't know what the context is. You just know the image and you feel threatened. And it's like, oh, my God. And this movie is like literally projected through that prism. of the, And so it's very, uh, I think, artistically savvy to put that right there, to like put people in that mind space. It's like, stop thinking about this. Just feel. And well, I think it's like uh, there's, there's really uh, the, the feelings in this movie are very ersatz like it's just very like uh like template like you hear the music and you see like a single teal roll down roll down someone's cheek and then like you're sort of made to feel a certain way but like i just once again i i'm astonished at like just how flat everything in this movie is oh like, god just, like, there's just no stakes at there's all nothing. everyone is like diet to like zero and of course <laughs> they're following with caviezel because he is just in the fucking center of the earth like he is just this void and yes. no one like you could see people like trying to like work with him. Like, like there's a subtext in all the scenes with like Kurt Fuller uh, and uh, Bill Camp where they're kind of being like, come on, Jim, work with me. Yeah. And they're just getting it's, nothing back. They get nothing from him. He's just like all he does is like look haunted. Like that—that's that, his thing, and like you know, he was I, a good Jim, actor. He was a good actor. Jim Caviezel was is, is it was a very good guy actor. in Deja Vu. Terrifying. Oh my god, he, he rocked in that movie. And uh, Terrence Malick's in Red Line. I hear though, my my little birdies tell me that he is an absolute nightmare to work with. Like I can't an absolute what? <laughs> no yeah. way. This high strung <laughs> freak who's created a whole um, gallery of mental uh, torments to avoid confronting his demons is is hard to work with. Interesting. That is probably oh. why in this movie he has the worst uh, action hero one-liner ever, <laughs> I think. And it's, uh, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, oh, yeah. It, it's when yeah. he, 
they're early in the movie after they introduce the character he's like um he's doing like a one-man sting operation on a pedophile and uh, who who looks like uh one of the beastie boys in the sabotage videos <laughs> he does he does <laughs> God, he, he looks like Nathan Co- Cochise, Nathan Wind. Yeah, and he's like stringing this guy along, and then finally they like get him to like an IHOP where they arrest him, and the pedophile is like, um, they kind of try to. I think the director of this movie probably watched in too deep before directing this scene. They do. They were like, oh, we need to replicate that. You ain't no cop, Jay Reed scene. <laughs> So the pedophile is like, uh, what the fuck? I trusted you. And Jim Caviezel in an action hero line that no one will be repeating says, never trust a pedophile. Trust a pedophile. Which makes it seem like he's he's like an undercover pedophile. Like he's still a pedophile, but is like working for the cops. Yes. That's the worst. You're supposed to believe at first. Oh, he's pretending to be a pedophile to lure this pedophile and gain his trust. But that line says, no, he's telling the truth when he tells this guy that he shares his lust and wants to learn from him. Like the, that, okay. the family shit is the facade. He's telling you with never trust a pedophile that he is the fucking pedophile. That is when I heard that line. All I could hear is our ex gay nephew in my mind saying Jim Caviezel <laughs> thought that dumbass shit was hard. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Caviezel thought, thought that never trust a pedophile line was hard. Mel Gibson thought that bar was fire. <laughs> it is, no one's going to be saying that. No one. He's <laughs> not going to be me- like, I'll me- be back. <laughs> my Mexican unk know where that good young pussy is. <laughs> <laughs> unk doing Operation Underground Railroad. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, like, this is some background of, of like what leads up to the never trust the pedophile line. So, like, we're introduced to Caviezel. He works for Homeland Security, and they're like anti-pedophile unit. And he's like, he's put away hundreds of pedophiles, but he's never rescued uh, a victim of child sex trafficking. And like the rookie new guys over in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> oh, 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 and he's like, I've been to hundreds of murder scenes, but you know, something like when once you see all these images, it just you know. It, it just it stains your soul. And the Jim Caviezel is like, huh, I never really thought of it that way. So then he, um, the, 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 the pedophile that he, that they arrest. I the, thought this the, was the, a pornography cataloging job. <laughs> that's what it was. The, that's what said the old classifieds wanted government official to uh, catalog pornography from the child so, variety. And like, and one of the thing, that's so what like I've been he, doing. I don't know what your problem is. He, um, he, he so like there's a brother and sister. They're the ones that are taken in the beginning of the movie. And then he like he has this pedophile in custody and then he takes him out of custody and begins to try to like um, get under his skin by being like, you know, in this job, I have to watch everything. Everything. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> when you're exposed to that kind of beauty. You know, you know the secret truth about what all men are really like, and then this guy's like, mm, "Tell me more." Like he's like, "Any chance you're just um, uh, playing me here?" No. So like he just he it's just the plot is he just become he he begins to act more and more like a pedophile to set up these increasingly elaborate stings on pedophiles as he seeks to track down this brother and sister that we see taken in, in the first part of the movie, and like this sends this this leads him to quit his job in Homeland Security and go to Colombia where he's just basically freelancing with 
Bill Camp, and I want to talk about the Bill Camp character because when I say the Bill Camp character, I mean the only character in this movie. Yeah. He was the only figure in this film that had any personality, any backstory, any memorable lines, and it was the only one actually acting. So, like, you I know, want to say Camp, one thing, though, about before we say goodbye to him for the rest of the movie, Kurt Fuller, because there's a scene in this yeah. movie where it's supposed to be a confrontation between Tim and his superior officer about whether he can go to Columbia and try to like pursue this and actually get save some kids instead of just responding to this. And instead of it opening with any kind of, you know, hey, I'm going to get a thing for you. It starts with Jim Caviezel looking out the window forlornly of an office <laughs> and Kurt Fuller going, what's wrong, Tim? <laughs> and then it's just from there, him like pulling teeth from this mopey teenager. <laughs> How was how was pedophile school today? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we get Bill Camp at least. And Bill Camp is the only, as you say, the only spice in this chili. He is our only capsicum. And basically, like he's playing a character. Like I didn't get this. Was he an American who worked for the drug cartels, or were they trying yeah, to pass I think he Bill was Camp like off as a Colombian face guy. of the yeah. uh, of the Medellin cartel? And like, you know, he he's a guy who was like a cartel. He like laundered money for the cartels in Cali and then did did, did a bid for them and is now out. And he becomes sort of Caviezel's contact in the Colombian underworld because he's a guy who's like taken upon himself now to buy children, but buy them. He's a child. Buyer. Them. Yeah, he's a child. He's a child broker, but he's doing it for good. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a good. Yes. He's doing what yeah, they did in South Sudan. Same thing. And this leads to um, my my favorite scene in the movie. The only memorable moment of this movie, like the only thing that stands out in my head, is the scene where Bill uh, uh, Bill Camp's character is going to like sort of, you know, hip Caviezel to the Colombian underworld. And he's like, okay, first things first, you can't come in here dressed like the you're walked out of a Banana Republic ad. You got <laughs> you got to look like a horny uh, a horny pedophile American. So that means big loud Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> flip-flops cargo shorts (laughs) fieri casual he's like telling him to dress like every guy that's going to see this movie (laughs) (laughs) operator on vacation and i like that the um the guy that this movie is based on tim ballard is a like a, a a mormon so like when he goes abroad they're like could you dress and act like a clueless American? He's like, sure. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> done and done. We need you. We need you to look like a complete asshole. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Um, before he goes to Colombia, he uh, he gains the confidence of the pedophile he arrested to have him personally arrange for him to buy a child, um, the brother that was taken earlier in the movie. And Caviezel like arrested like this this other gross pedophile who's like trafficking this kid across the Mexican border. He arrests him at the border and um, frees the the brother that we saw get taken in the beginning of the movie. I don't know if you guys caught this, but after he frees him, he takes him to eat at a restaurant called American Burger. Yes, I wrote down American Burger. <laughs> American Burger. That was supposed to be American that that was supposed to be that was supposed to be like. Jerusalem after 40 yep. years in the desert. Yep. That was the holy land. It was American burger. That's how you know the kid nothing bad is ever going to happen to the kid again. The kid has eaten the of the flesh. 
eating the burger. <laughs> yeah, that is American communion, eating yes, the burger. That, that with, is with our an flesh. Operator. And, and uh, a high fructose corn syrup uh, uh, soda, that, that there's your blood of Christ. All of that this- is in, in the Warhammer future of America. That is literally our priests will be dressed like operators and feed you a burger. <laughs> And you, and then you take, and then instead of your like confirmation name, you get an operator name. <laughs> Skunk. Yeah. Flat top. Dingo. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys, uh, uh, I don't know about you guys, but for me, all of these scenes with Caviezel and the, the young boy reminded me of the Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a big brother to that kid. He's like, Papa Ballard, <laughs> you are so learned. It's pronounced learned, boy. <laughs> so so he's a, uh, so uh, Ballard is pretty chuffed that uh, he rescued this kid and reunited him with his father. But unfortunately, his, the sister is still missing. And he's just like, oh, I can't, you know, uh, it's not, it's not, the family hasn't this been This just reunited. got personal. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this shit got real, as uh, Martin Lawrence said. Yeah, and so, so like Just that's what leads that. him to quit his job at Homeland Security because usually, I, I ten the, months shy of his best <laughs> pension, he's a love, saint. He's a living god. Usually, he gets killed. Usually, you know, like in, in, in movie tropes, you get killed ten months before you get your full your full pension. No, and I, I like that Kurt, the Kurt Fuller character like doesn't try to dissuade him from any of this. No, nope. he's not like he's not like, no, you can't go to Colombia and and buy children under the guise. He doesn't of, say, I'll see what I can do. Like, maybe you've got some banked uh, vacation time that I could like bridge out. Like, <laughs> nope, just don't let the fucking door hit you where the good Lord split you. Felix, what the fuck are you doing? Are you making dinner? What are you doing, Felix? Are you oh, conjuring I- an elixir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this I'm motherfucker doing a ch- making potions. <laughs> I'm doing it. A- <laughs> I'm doing a child ceremony. No, I'm 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 de- I'm decanting tea. Sorry. I okay. thought I, I thought oh. I had it away from my mic. <laughs> decanting tea. Okay. Um so him and Bill Camp come up with like the 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 mission that they do in Colombia is basically create Epstein Island part 2 and buy yes. fi- and buy 50 children at the same time. Now, th- this gets into the thing we talked about earlier where in in some respect, this is because like, you know, they, they talk to the child traffickers and they're like, wow, we've never filled an order that big before. I guess we'll just go out and kidnap some more kids. So <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's like the push some... it to the limit scene. <laughs> yeah. in Scarface. Oh, my God. Felix, I, I had it. I, <laughs> I have in my it notes here. So cool if they had put some like peppy editing in there. Felix, and some I, nice background i have my notes here i really want to push it to the limit style montage of him buying children in columbia (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like the same thing of like the banker watching him coming to the bank with just like just like duffel bags full of kids squirming around and be like how are we gonna launder all these kids they're walking into the mcdonald's playpen with duffel bags and they're walking (laughs) (laughs) push it to the limit Limit. <laughs> I I love that like he's like doing that and you, you put it out like he after telling his boss I'm quitting this job to like buy kids full time <laughs> it's like yeah that that scene told me he's like an incredibly shady operator mm-hmm. if they're like because that job it seems like highly specialized it takes a lot of training and money to like get an agent 
you have to pass a background check. It's hard, right? Like not a lot of people get to be federal agents. You got to be a four year college graduate for one. Yeah. And if one of them is just just quits, I imagine that's like usually a pretty big blow to a department. But apparently he was so shitty. (laughs) Just like, okay, (laughs) have fun. Have fun buying those kids. Oh, thank God. We get rid of this asshole. One more line item off the budget. (laughs) Dead Um, weight out of here. The guy who just would catalog the already catalog child pornography and cry. Now we don't have to pay him anymore. Great. Uh, I want to talk about the um, like the the one bit of like acting in this movie is is of course Bill Camp, and the course, scene where the he explains to Caviezel why he got involved in buying children for the purposes of liberating them from ch- child slavery is this is is this kind of like it's 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 the only real acting in the movie. But Bill Camp tells this story about like back when he was in the life. And he was like doing coke. He was like, he was, you know, blow. He was, you know, yacked up on that puro, that Colombian powder fish scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That booga sugar. And he had a condo overlooking the bay. And he was like coming out of a bar. And he like he saw this like hot young woman. And he like picked her up and went home with her, paid her for sex. And then he says that like after he got done paying her for sex, he noticed that she had like, you know, like Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, like uh, so there's some very childish um pedicure or something like that. And then he was like, mm-hmm. "That's when I realized she was 14." And I was like, "How much coke were you on, man?" Like I don't. Uh, and he was just sort of like, "And that's Does when I realized coke this- affect your eyesight." <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I mean, maybe it's just like it made him so he didn't care or whatever. But like he was just like, it's it's, it's this moment of like you know, Bill Kemp's a good actor, but he was like, I saw this darkness in her eyes and i realized that like i was that darkness like i was the men who like buy and, and you guys women. realize yeah. that, that what this makes bill camp's character is a literal white hat pedophile yes and he is wearing a white hat for most child, of this movie and now he is stopping child children from getting fucked so like when people see all these QAnon people get stitched up for uh some sort of child abuse stuff that's not hypocrisy it's understood you need to know the beast in order to defeat it and some of these people are gonna have that but you god damn it they get results it's like what uh, Denzel Washington says in Training Day. A, a, uh, a good narcotics officer <laughs> knows and loves narcotics. Yep. A good narcotics officer has narcotics in his blood at all times. <laughs> I've already described 98% of the plot in this movie. Like, I mean, oh, I know it's it. That's it. Done. Like, that, that's it. And then, like, like they, they, do, they do the Epstein Island sting and they arrest a bunch of guys. Um, but, the, but the sister is not among them. Um, and then, like the last forty minutes of this movie or so, is you want to talk about unethical practices in supposedly altruistic and uh, you know uh, altruistic uh, charitable works. He pretends to be a doctor to get into the FARC-controlled parts of Colombia and give vaccines to children, only to steal a girl from FARC rebels. And th- that would seem to sour the deal in any other future. I don't know, Doctors Without yeah, Borders. Yeah, that's like when the CIA <laughs> burned a bunch of vaccine providers in uh, Pakistan when they were looking for Bin Laden. Yeah, that 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 and like, why would FARC just like buy a child? Like, they got is, a pedo commander. He was really good. <laughs> yeah, it just it, you're just supposed to accept that that it's like not only are they evil terrorists, uh, communists. They're all pedophiles. Like you have to be a pedophile to get into FARC. And like yeah. the sister is being used to process cocaine and also uh, be a sex. Because like what they don't understand is that yeah, if you've got a, a social hierarchy like that, it's going to be harder to be pedophiles at the top than in the uh, proven hierarchies of capitalism where we know guys are trying to get children to have sex with, and which he has nothing to say about in this entire fucking movie. 
Instead, it's the Fark, the one Fark Chomo. And like, this is supposed to be the climax of the movie. Is him like stealing this girl back and like getting, you know, fer- ferrying her to freedom, to the sound of freedom. But like, there is just zero tension. There's just zero danger. It's just, it's just so boring. It's so boring. It's and Mitchell. I mean, yeah, it is Mitchell. It <laughs> yeah. is Mitchell. And I, I gotta say, like, there is this. They, it is not total bullshit. Like that, that re- the sting at the pedo island that happened. Like they show the yeah. videotape at the end of this movie. They show the actual footage. Like it did occur, and Ballard was involved. But like that's one thing, and like that is one story. The if you ended the movie there, you would have like basically a you know souped up and f- over over uh, lugubrious version of a relatively true story. But that's not good enough. We're talking about hey, these guys always have to top themselves. That's not good enough because there's still a hole, you know? And so it's, well, actually, there was one girl left, and I went into a dangerous rebel-held territory to snatch her, which, of course, is the part of the story that is the hardest to collaborate because, oh, geez, it's the rebel territory. That means you can't know what happened back there as opposed to a military operation that went, uh, went out, like, right off the coast of Colombia. So it's like, I'm sorry. You can see where the bullshit just, like, starts exploding off the screen. Like I said, I, I, I mean, maybe it was because there were gambling ads popping up over the, most of the last 20 minutes of this movie, but I, I don't really remember much about it. Um, he, of course, he does free the sister and the, the whole family are reunited. And I don't know, does he see his wife and family again ever? I mean, no, they're, they're, you they, show, they show you a picture of him, of his like 18. They show you kids. a picture of him over the ending credits. And I got to say, the kids are disturbing looking. The children all had something wrong with them. I don't know what it is, but it was something about the cast of the eye. It was unsettling to look at. That's all I remember. And uh, it had accompanying text that I thought was very funny because it said, you know, in, in 2000, whatever, uh, Tim created uh, OAR uh, of a revolution. No, wait a minute. No, uh, you know, uh, our Underground Railroad. Uh, and he, he says the entire idea came from his wife. <laughs> And it's like, well, you could have actually shown that in the movie, maybe. Yeah. You could have shown her saying, hey, I think you should do this instead of just like, my God, those children. I I support you. I have to say, like, this movie was incredibly just like, not even, I wouldn't, confusing is like too exciting of a word. Yeah. But like, because you don't care. Confusing, you're like trying to chase it around. Like, you can't be asked to like move off your seat to chase any of the strands of this plot. But like I'll say muddled. It's yes, Mitchell-esque. That's, very, it's, that's it, very good. Yeah, it's Mitchell-esque in its muddledness and it's sort of like indeterminability of, of multiple characters and everything. But it's not because it was a shitty cam rip because we actually have a control group for that. I watched another shitty movie on a shitty cam rip like weeks ago. Yeah. I watched The Flash on the same cam guys yes. <laughs> uh, output with the same gambling ads and the same uh, shitty audio and way too dark video. And I, for how sh- shitty as it was and how bad of a movie the flash was, I still knew what was going on. Yeah. And so this, you can't even blame the fact that we, we got the worst torrent possible. I mean, like in the first twenty minutes of this movie, I literally thought that like scenes were cut out of the movie by the the shitty cam rip because well, it was the, so. The, the opening thing where he stings the pedo is deeply, deeply confusing and botched yeah. in its execution because it starts with them uh, uh, doing a fucking breach infiltration of a pedophile's home where this little guy he kind of looked like a deracinated uh, 
Christian Bale with a bowl cut. Uh, <laughs> he gets busted, and they find all these tapes of children getting molested from other countries, you know, not in America. And uh, then he has the conversation with his partner or whatever, who's like, this is fucked up. Maybe we should try to stop it. And he's like, whoa. So he strikes up a friendship with the pedo, convinces the pedo that he's a pedo, and then says, I would really like to actually experience the pedophilia stuff instead of just watch it. And he gets this guy to connect him to this network that brings the brother up to the Mexican border. And then he has this second part that is the most baffling because he does this. He lets him out of prison with this vague thing of like, oh, I'll knock down anything that they put against you. But, you know, he, he remands him into custody. Uh, and then they take, go to the, the IHOP and he says, hey, a kid's coming. And so once he's got him, he starts laughing and he goes, you're under arrest for crimes against children. And then the cops come in and kick everybody's door down. And, and that's when he goes, I trust you. He goes, never trust a pedophile. But he's already been arrested by that point. Yeah. They're double arresting him. Yeah. It's the same guy. Like, you're supposed to show rungs of a sting where a, a guy gets arrested and then he stings another guy. You don't sting the same guy. And like, okay, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not involved in law enforcement. But like after you've already arrested someone, they're in custody. Then the person who arrested you <clears throat> takes you out of custody, out of handcuffs, out of prison, and then then asks you to commit more crimes on his behalf. Isn't that kind of the definition of that's, entrapment? Yeah, that's entrapping a guy. <laughs> like, like, I don't, you can't. Like, then he's like, not just yeah, yeah. You're, you're being charged for crimes against children again. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think muddled is better than confused. Because when that was happening, I just couldn't. I couldn't follow it, so I didn't. I just stopped caring, and then I was able to enjoy every new part by itself. Yeah, like I said, I I, I don't know what, how much more to say about this movie. The one last comment I want to make about it is at the very end of the movie when it gives you like the footage of the real sting, and then it hits you with like you know the the real stats about you know how many kids are trafficked, and like it's like the, the sobering moment. The, the the way they phrase it is that um, there are more people enslaved today than when slavery was legal. And this is a thing I'm hearing a, a, like a, a lot of lately. And I guess I can't help but wonder, and especially like their connection, they're trying to play up that like they're the modern day equivalent of Harriet Tubman, even though they're these weird Mormons who go to fucking Central America and just give money to people to buy their children. Did you guys not like like in the way that that's phrased? Did you not feel that there's like a, like an implicit thing that like by saying that there's more actually more people enslaved today than during slavery? That guess what? Like slavery during America wasn't that bad because it's worse today elsewhere. Well, they're definitely saying it's worse today. Yeah, that is like a sneaky sneaky aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah like why do we care about that? Well, this art it's already gone. Bygones be gone. This is happening now. Yeah, and you know like uh, obviously I think this organization is ludicrous but like look anyone who who says this movie is bad is just accused of being being a pedophile now so i will say i don't think that our underground railroad is trafficking children for the purposes of sex i think they're definitely and i'm just saying this is just a guess on my part i think they're trafficking kids for the purposes of adoption which is mm -hmm. what a lot of these christian yeah, organizations yeah. do like when they when they just they save old, these kids real from these, these bad poor countries yeah and they are literally, and, it, and like, you know, adoption is, I'm sorry, like I'm saying this as a kid who was adopted, adoption is literally selling children. But, uh, yep. It's, and, it's yeah. connecting buyers and sellers. That's all you're doing. You're, you're, you're introducing efficiency into the market because slavery is ultimately inefficient. It's, and do you remember at the 20, I forgot if it was 2020 or 2016 RNC, but when they brought that cop up who arrested those two people for fentanyl and then like took their kid. 
Yes. <laughs> oh there's just God. so yeah. there's so much of that. There's so much of that of like these like just glossed over whitewashed stories of like a good Christian family just like finding a kid and taking them, whether it's like from a foreign country or like somewhere in America, then you never get the entire story. But it's like from what we know about like foster homes and shit, like how do you think a lot of these are going? I think there's probably a lot of shit going on like with the Ukraine right now because they're absolutely they're white babies. You know, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of people like a lot a lot of American soldiers like save children in Afghanistan or whatever who were like orphaned and then their parents show up being like, "Excuse me, like you stole our child. Can we have them back?" And Remember like, Madonna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just like we're. This is all a process of like fully neoliberalizing the global supply chain of children, introducing markets and regulation to every level. I mean, is it was, was there any other was any other funny part of this movie that I forgot or any moment of this movie that, that you remember? I mean, I watched this movie today and I've already forgotten it. Not the movie, but I did see something today on Twitter and it was like it was people who are like deeper into QAnon than like like this movie is for the normie crowd, right? Yeah, there's you no know? real there's barely even any people say, oh, it, it winks at QAnon barely there's almost yeah. nothing here i i know this shit and i'm not seeing anything QAnon is so much more interesting than oh, this yeah. movie you know there, there's like the supernatural comes into play with QAnon, but like people who are actually into QAnon, they were bitching out this movie because um they did my favorite thing that people do which is what they find a photo shoot that like a celebrity has done where they do the poses that every celebrity in every photo shoot ever will do where it's like their arms are crossed and they're like, this is a satanic pose. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're doing that with Jim Caviezel. <laughs> and they, they were going, uh, you know, I thought this movie was okay, but now I have serious doubts about the messenger. And then they I were, they were showing the agent, the founder of operation underground railroad. Uh, they were showing pictures of him wearing a tie that has had the Masonic symbol on it. <laughs> oh, I've Witch. seen Goody Proctor. Yeah. Well, he's been bewitching the milk calves. I'll just, uh, I, I guess to close out, I just want to read one more thing from uh, this Adam Merlin piece about the real Timothy Ballard. <clears throat> Um, it says here, uh, Ballard laid out a secret plan to monetize his child's sex slave rescue yes, nonprofit. That's what you want to do. Monetize the rot. <laughs> Ballard laid out a secret plan to monetize his child sex slave rescue nonprofit and proselytize prospective converts to the Mormon church to close associates. When asked about the relationship between the entities on the whiteboard and what the terms sizzle and covenant mean in this context, a spokesman for our said, no comment. <laughs> so they created a, a sizzle uh. reel to uh, monetize and proselytize the work of their child buying nonprofit. So you want, they want to act like they're Harriet Tubman, but what they actually are, actually are uh, is OCP from RoboCop. <laughs> Like they are bringing uh, privatization and and regulation to the the child market. Do you, do you guys because they're saying we'll adopt these kids or somebody will? We could make this worth everyone's while by if we brought it above board. Because that's the thing they don't want to stop what's actually happening. They don't want to turn off the spigot that produces these sort of social relationships. They love that stuff. They just want this element of it to stop being uh, upsetting to them to imagine. And you don't stop it. You can't stop it that way. But what you can do is monetize it and turn it into a different 
narrative, a different skin. So it's, it's like, no it's longer like child application and pulling kids from their families. It's something else. It's something better than that. When in fact, you're just talking about the misery accumulating at the bottom of a social hierarchy. Human trafficking for conservatives, it hits the same uh, same tone as um, toxic living situation mm. for people on the left. It's the same. It's the the same uh, GoFundMe tactic. But mm-hmm. um, do you guys remember Eliza Blue? Oh, was that like the yes. Nazi girl who like no, not not no. Nazi? Oh, I'm thinking of Prussian like, Blue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Eliza Blue is different. She was she made her name being like an anti-human trafficking person. Oh, she's a complete like, nutcase. And she's a complete liar. Yeah. yeah okay, total yeah. liar. Yeah. She, she told these insane stories where she was like, apparently she got trafficked like 12 times. Yeah. You know, like she would escape and get re-trafficked. And it's like all like made up. Right. Yeah. Of and course. she was so like she was so brazen and she broke the cardinal rule of running to the mods to get people suspended when they would point out like this is there's something fucky about this story that she eventually like got ostracized from the conservative sphere right and i wonder if that you know it was a bit of an accelerated timeline because she wasn't she she wasn't as uh deft as uh tim ballard maybe but i wonder if that's like that is going to be a common trajectory for people in the uh conservative online space was people she the who, person who came forward and said uh i i'm the mascot of elon musk's anti-pedo campaign at yeah Twitter. that was eliza Blue, yes right? yeah. yes that yeah. was her that was her um i wonder if that's going to be like you know every online faction every online political faction has their own like icarus pattern they all have their own types of people that rise fast and quick and burn out hard and maybe for conservatives, this is it. People who like monetize human trafficking because it's such a salacious thing. And to involve yourself in it, you have to lie so much and so blatantly. But and to maintain those lies, you do have to kind of run to the mods. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it will happen with Tim Ballard. Well, that I- or they'll 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 get him for wearing the Mason tie. <laughs> well, uh. Well, with the success of Sound of Freedom, um, just maybe like uh, some sequels, the look of freedom, the smell of freedom, and just, you know, keep this keep this franchise going. The touch, the feel of freedom. And like, look, here's the thing. Okay, the, the next movie, though, is going to be sort of a meta movie. It's going to be the look of freedom. And it's about the real Tim Ballard trying to make a sequel to this movie. And it's about like the Jim Caviezel will be playing him, but it's about how he has to go to Hollywood and recruit pedophiles who understand how to make a fucking movie that's entertaining. And he has to get like, <laughs> he has to like recruit them with a sting that they're making like an evil, uh, godless Hollywood pedophile movie. But no, they're actually making the opposite of that. They're just using pedophile movie making techniques to make it interesting and engaging to watch. That would be cool because, yeah, you you could have Jim Caviezel reprise his role as Ballard, but then Tim Ballard could play Jim Caviezel. Mm. <laughs> yes, this is like the rehearsal. Charlie Kaufman <laughs> yeah. could never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be cool. I, I don't have anything more on The Sound of Freedom. I That's- just I really appreciated the movie for just thank you movie in a time that feels very you know uncertain. Thank you for giving me a way to pretend that I am some sort of knight errant setting free uh, the, the sex slaves here left and right because what I post about your movie, I watch it 
and then I, I'm vigilant in mall parking lots, and I get to be a fucking hero. And I'm a really, Republican. That really is like the the greatest thing you could do for your movie is to make just seeing it an act of activism. Mm-hmm. They were the yeah they no were this smart is, they're running the left wing playbook. They're creating their alternative space within decaying neoliberalism out of the carcass of the old dying left consensus. That's why that's why I think that they're going to have a ton of like rising stars that burn out mm-hmm. that it, they're just going to replay like 2017 to 2019 left Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's just the exact same. Nothing changes. It's just different people going through the same motions. So many DM'd Lame hot pants. <laughs> if you know, you know. Tim ba- Tim Ballard Tim Ballard posting uh <laughs> Hello, Grand Forks, North North Dakota. Hello. <laughs> Tim Ballard gender flirting. <laughs> oh, to hold the secret chalice. <laughs> Tim, Ball- Tim, Tim, Ball- Tim Ballard going to Tim Ballard going to like a Bob's for Liberty event. Hey, I'm thinking about starting a women's anti-trafficking group, yeah. And we can and we can all post our bodies in there. So in case any of us get trafficked, we can identify identify each other later, you know? In case you have any tattoos, I'll have it in my database. Only a few people only a few people are really gonna get these ones. If you did though, you owe us more money. Yeah. Yeah. If you episode. get if you if you get this joke, you're a fucking freeloader. Otherwise, yeah. <sighs> if you get if you get these jokes, <sighs> man, then you probably know us personally. Yeah, I, yeah. I would guess. Yeah. All right, that's the show. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.